Hey everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of Encourage, Motivate, Inspire. Today's episode is about body image. And this episode is really, you know, important to me because it explains a little bit more about my journey um, to getting to where I am now and what really goes into the coaching and what I work with. Uh, work through with my girls and just really giving you the perspective to find ways to accept yourself as you are, which definitely isn't easy in today's society with, again, social media and comparison and feeling like people are always trying to one-up each other or feeling like there's, you know, so much confusion around, you know, what is healthy, what isn't healthy, and really just making yourself a priority. So the last couple of days, I've been posting a little bit more about body image and sharing my specific story. And so for most of my life, I proudly wore the title and label of athlete. Um, I was a volleyball player. I was a swimmer, soccer player, played football my senior year of high school. And I felt the most like me when I was on the court, in the pool, on the field, everything like that. And to me, being an athlete was my identity. And outside of sports, I really didn't know who I was. And I don't know if any of you before have associated yourself with a label or have a hard time uh, dissociating with a label because sometimes we feel like, who the hell are we? And so we wear the title of, you know, mom or daughter or sister or wife or whatever your professional title is, or, you know, you associate yourself with your industry. And sometimes it's hard to be like, who am I without those titles? And it took me a really, really long time to figure this out. And it all started in 2010 when my personal health kind of took a turn uh, for the worse. And it put a hard and fast stop on my dream of qualifying for Olympic trials. Um, You know, I, my first love was definitely swimming and I, you know, ended up being really good at it after like, you know, years of not being able to swim and not even being able to like use a paddleboard to get across the pool or just struggling to stay afloat. So it was kind of like super ironic that all of a sudden it was like, oh, Court can't swim to, oh, she's really talented. And for me, I was decently close in the 50-yard freestyle, um, which, you know, for those of you who know, 50 yards is down and back, so it's considered a sprint. Um, And it was either like I liked the short races or I liked the really long races. I didn't like the in-between. But I was milliseconds away from making the cut to at least qualify. And my big dream was not necessarily to swim in the Olympics, but at least qualify and be like, hey, that's pretty fucking cool. But in 2010, I was also diagnosed with a rare genetic metabolic muscle disorder called adenosine monophosphate deaminase deficiency or um, AMD, AMPD. I don't know, you guys. It's very, I am not good with acronyms, but at the end of the day, basically what it means is a lot of patients will suffer from post-exercise symptoms. And so in my case, I'd often go into what's called rhabdomyolysis. And not to get too specific, but rhabdo is pretty much a breakdown of muscle tissue. It releases a damaging protein into the blood. So as you can imagine, as the muscle tissue breaks down, it results in the release of this protein, which is actually very damaging to the kidneys. And my mom and I joke every now and again because I, I and again, don't quote me on this. Um, I would need to look, look up the specific stats. But if you're super interested, of course, you know, you can always look this up um, in your free time. It's very complex. But basically, you know, like let's say it's a like decently serious injury, whether it's like a sprain or a tear or something more serious where, you know, maybe you're in an accident or something happens and there's something heavy laying on a limb for prolonged periods of time. And your body is just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? 
Um, so I want to say all of that's between like 500 and 900 with like normal being 300. Um, again, it's been years since I've quoted these stats. So, um, I, you know, could be a little inaccurate right now, but long story short, my, um, (laughs) it's not funny, but anyway, um, my levels were at 35,000. So I don't know if the Guinness world record book has something about this in there, um, Rabdo is pretty rare at least. I think I maybe heard about like one Olympic athlete who went through it. Um, and I'm never that person who says like, oh, it could be so much worse. Like when other people experience Rabdo because I had such an extreme, um, but that like 35,000 is pretty fucking dangerous. Like it was so confusing to me because I was so young and I was like, I don't know what any of this means, but the biggest thing is that they were saying like, you know, there's no medical cure and my best shot at staying safe was to remain in shape at all times. So there's a lesser risk of like overdoing it, for example. Um, and if you know me, you've probably heard the story of, um, (laughs) when I was talking about indescribable, indescribable levels of pain, um, and muscle paralysis, which kind of gave me a T-Rex arms. And so imagine, you know, bending your elbows and kind of having your wrists like mobile, like with your wrists up and down and just kind of like, again, elbows in, arms facing up, and you can't really like bend your arms or like extend them. That was me. And it started because, you know, I was swimming four days a week. Wednesdays we had off or dry land practice and dry land is basically like you're just not in the pool. And I was lifting with a friend from the football team and you all know I'm competitive and I'm decently strong. So it wasn't a matter of I couldn't lift the weights. It was a matter of should I lift the weight? And so we lifted weights, whatever. The next morning I was like, wow, my arms really fucking hurt. Um, And I couldn't fully straighten them. So extending them so that they're like, you know, flat. Um, They were kind of working their way into that 90 degree angle where my elbows were bent. And because of the pain, I couldn't straighten them. And it was also like a mind-body connection. I was like telling my arms like fucking straighten and I couldn't do it. And so I told my mom and we kept eye on it. And it got to the point where like I could hardly carry my books at school. Like I was in so much pain, like couldn't participate in gym class. And a couple days later um, on Saturday, I had a swim meet and I was trying to warm up. Like a couple friends were like, you know, pushing and pulling on my arms, trying to straighten them. And it was just like what, like literally what is happening And I don't remember the story as well as like my parents would. So sometimes they're like, don't tell it if you can't tell it right, (laughs) which is fair. But I feel like we all experience stuff and like we all have things that go on in our head when we're trying to connect the dots and understand some of this. But long story short, I was like freaking out. Um, And the one thing that I just remember is they're like, there's no medical cure. You know, you can't eat different. There's no magical surgery. There's no magic pill. Like you just have to learn to listen to your body and know your limits. And as someone who's very type A, very stubborn, uh, you know, my mom's side of the family is Italian. So every now and again, like my cousins and I'll joke, it's like, it's the Italian in us. But basically I like to push my body to see like what I could do and what I was capable of. But at the end of the day, that was like the worst decision I could possibly make for my health. And, you know, it was, it was so unheard of and unnavigated and very rare that, you know, it was like, again, with my ambition and stubborn can-do attitude, I pushed myself too hard, um, went on to continue with sports, even though I was told that sports are too dangerous and having a couple scares of being in the ER, 
Um, and you know, you can imagine medical bills obviously, you know, add up. So it kind of got to that point where it's like, like court, you have to stop. And, you know, I tell you guys this story because I've always struggled with my body image and post-athlete years, you know, going from super strong and lean to strong and thick and having excess body fat. Um, you know, some days I still struggle to see myself as a strong woman when I have all these stretch marks and dimples from gaining weight and having a really high body fat percentage and being like, why didn't I learn how to take care of myself? Because in those post-athlete years, there was some major, major depression because I was like, I never thought I'd go to college without an athletic scholarship. And now like, how the hell am I going to pay for college? And the idea of student loans or my parents doing stuff like that was kind of like, oh my gosh, right? It's kind of like, well, like, what are we going to do? What are we, like, I don't know. I just didn't know what I even wanted to do. Like, let's be honest. And so as that depression set in, I was really in this place where like, again, like I just wasn't taking care of myself. I was eating to eat or I wasn't eating because I felt like shit or, you know, my sleep was all over the place. And, you know, later, you know, many, many years in life, this is 2010 and it stayed with me, you know, my whole entire life so far at 27. Um, but for me, it wasn't until 2020 where I was like officially diagnosed bipolar. Um, but looking back, it's like, how much of that was I struggling with, especially after this diagnosis that, you know, maybe it was, you know, it was just like, oh, court's having mood swings. Like she has her good days, She has her bad days. So sometimes I kind of stop and think and I'm like, you know, what all went into what I was experiencing? And again, with like the body image, it was kind of amazing that I realized the more that I share this story, the more um, people are like fascinated with, holy shit, like we didn't know that. And you guys all know I like to be raw, real, and vulnerable. And sometimes, you know, certain topics are easier than others, but I don't necessarily talk about it and how it's affected my life because it's emotional. It, you know, I still look back and I'm like, you know, there's so many what ifs, but I truly believe that everything happens for a reason, regardless if we can see it right away or not. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am today without, you know, that it's severe plot twist. Um, but when it came down to the body image part too, like I was never super lean, right? So I was, I guess, fit, you could say, but I didn't necessarily really have a lot of curves when I was swimming. Because when you think about it, like swimming is definitely like more of a cardiorespiratory type exercise. Um, so yeah, it was nice to like lift weights, but I wasn't really lifting weights. So I was, again, like not your typical muscular build, but at the time when I was swimming, I was burning, you know, thousands and thousands of calories. So I could kind of eat whatever the hell I wanted. It was like, get done with the swim meet. And my parents are like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, I want a double quarter pounder with cheese and a large Dr. Pepper and a huge fry. And, you know, at that time it like, it didn't matter, which is again, when it comes to calorie deficit and working with my girls right now, it's realizing you can still eat those things, but it's fitting it into uh, what your body needs from a carbohydrate, pro uh, protein, and fat standpoint. And for me with this diagnosis, um, you know, carbs are your main source of energy. But with someone who goes through this, you know, your body doesn't necessarily uh, metabolize fat and protein in the same way as, you know, a quote unquote normal person would. So, you know, carbs are extremely, extremely important uh, for me to consume in large levels. And I think for those of you who've kind of heard a little bit more about my journey of like working with some coaches that did not work out whatsoever and ended up being a nightmare, um, you know, when they were dropping me to put me in a more, you know, extreme deficit to try and like burn in the rest of this body fat percentage because I've been in a reverse for a year, um, 
you know, I was experiencing some really rough things and it's taken me a little bit, you know, like a month or two to just kind of like get my body regulated because I'm realizing, okay, maybe my protein was too high, but this coach was telling me to have higher protein because she was going to drop my carb or a different coach was like, Hey, like we're going to just cut everything down. You're going to drop a hundred grams of carb at once, super low fat and mediocre protein to the point where I felt like I was starving. And so it's just interesting to look back now and be like, how was I eating then versus what am I learning about now that feels like it's just ever-changing and differentiating because I really didn't know what I didn't know. So anyway, again, it took some time after my body was changing to be like, okay, I've always kind of been a little curvy. I'm blessed with like the glute gene. Um, So I've always, again, like my lower body's always been bigger. But it took like many years for me to start to love and embrace that part of me because I wasn't used to looking at myself in the mirror and seeing that person looking back at me. Um, And I know recently I recorded an episode about like you're more than the reflection in the mirror. So if you haven't listened to that, this is like a little caveat. Like I highly recommend listening to that episode, you know, press pause here and listen to that because it's all going to just come together really nicely. But so I remember specifically when the title of athlete was stripped for me um, and naturally the weight started to, you know pile on, like I was saying, the stretch marks, the, um, gosh, the dimples, you know, I, a lot of people have cellulite on the back of their quads or like the back of their legs or thighs, but I even had like front cellulite. So I've always been super self-conscious about my legs just because that's where I held most of my weight. And so, you know, I was really uncertain about how to feel because, you know, to be honest, I was scared to like even work out, even though I knew that activity was going to be the way to combat the weight gain. Um, I was really scared of laying myself back in the hospital or to be in unfathomable levels of pain. And so I decided for the most part that I needed to find a way to accept myself of how I was because it was going to be difficult to change. But, you know, having these different versions of ourselves and giving ourselves grace is so important because our bodies literally keep us alive. And it's our job to fuel ourselves appropriately because if we're not like, giving our body what it needs, you know, we're in uh, survival mode. And you guys have heard me talk about this before too, of like, if we are under eating, we literally, and I know this is harsh to say, but our body is like dying. It really is. If you under eat for too long, your immune system goes to shit. You're going to get sick. You're going to be injured. And all you need to do is just eat more. But again, there's so much out there that makes people feel like, oh my gosh, more food, that means I'm going to gain weight versus the fact that, again, people just don't understand a calorie deficit. So when I got to college, and again, that depression followed me, like it was so hard to go to college and see all these athletes and be like, that should have been me, but it wasn't. And so, you know, I was constantly hiding how I felt about my body. And like, that's when oversized clothing started becoming cool. So it was like, totally my favorite thing, hardly wore anything that was showy or form fitting. I've always kind of been more of a modest person, but I always looked forward to that day where I felt confident enough to be like, court, like you have a body, you know, clothes are meant to fit you. You are not meant to fit clothes. But at that point I was like, well, if I wear oversized clothing, it's going to be really hard for anyone to imagine the flaws that I might be hiding. And so it made me feel safe. Um, And like looking back at photos of college, like gained a lot of weight. And through those smiles, I can like totally know like how shitty I felt during that time with my mental health regardless if it was tied to my body or again, mourning the, you know, the current situation I should have had just because of a diagnosis. And so after several failed attempt at becoming more healthy and overdoing it over and over again, 
again, that's where I come and say, I wish I gave myself more grace, right? So I wish I told myself to take baby steps, not care about what people think, but it's very hard for me because I do. Like I want to not care, but I do. Um, and I wish I told myself that my story is about so much more than body image issues and letting a single title ruin my life because it shouldn't have gotten to that point or letting a single diagnosis rule my life because truly, you know, there like life still happens between our goals, right? So we need to learn to be happy with where we are because at one point we were dreaming, hoping, and wishing to be where we are now. And even if where we are now isn't where we want to be, we have to remember that like there's no final destination. We never arrive. We can reach that goal and then new goals happen. Or we could reach that goal and just want to hang out in that for a little bit. And I think that's so important too. If we're always comparing to what we think we need to look like to fit in, you know, to be loved, to be worthy, we're never really going to find that peace and happiness. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we all want? Like we just want to be happy. But if we tie our happiness to a single thing, you know, why are we doing that to ourselves? And despite my struggles, like I'm learning to look in the mirror and see this determined badass, if I may say, a woman who's really learning to own her flaws and imperfections. And it takes time. Like, and that's why I share this because like, even as a coach, that doesn't mean I don't have my own struggles. Like I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. And so my big mission is really to like teach and empower and educate because I want people to look in the mirror and be able to pick out things that they love about themselves. Because it's so easy to go to the negative and start picking yourself apart. You know, I want my girls to be able to identify what do they love most about how they look. I want them to, you know, identify what they love most about how they feel, right? I don't want anyone to be afraid to own it. And, you know, I'm so worried sometimes about sounding hypocritical, but everything that I do and everything that I post, my like micro blogging, as I call it, it's also a note to myself. It's not meant to be, oh, hey, like, this is me, like, hyping you up. It's like, hey, this is what I'm going through, and I guarantee someone else is. So by posting this or sharing this, I just, like, hope and pray that it helps, right? Um, But again, it all comes back down to that we, like, if we give power to something and it has control over us, we have to remember, like, we have to shift those thoughts. Because for me, I let that specific situation rule my life for way too long, way too long. Because I could tell you specific situations of being in the ER because my dumbass self said, okay, I had all this happen and I'm ready. I'm motivated. I'm like super hyped up. I'm going to get back in the gym. And what do I do? I ego lift. I lift as if nothing happened. And then I would get sore and then shit would happen. And then it would go like months without working out. And then when I finally felt normal, guess what? I kept fucking doing it. I kept doing it. And I look back, I'm like, why? And in college, you know, like Brandon and I met our first semester of our sophomore year. And we always went to the gym together. We've always lifted. Um, That's just like been our thing for, oh my God, like a long fucking time, you guys, a long time. But when I look back, I didn't know what I didn't know about nutrition. And so it's like, you can keep running your body ragged, but if you're not feeling it and understanding what it needs, again, this is where that muscle soreness lingers. This is where, um, you know, like I was always sick in college, like always freaking sick. You can ask my parents, you can ask my friends, obviously you can ask Brandon. And it's like, again, like I wish I would have just given myself grace and looked at myself in the mirror and said, this is a season of life right now 
you're in survival mode and I know school's hard for you. Like literally if I could write a note to myself, I want to be like, it's okay that school's hard for you. It's okay that you're navigating mental illness and you don't know that it's mental illness. It's okay that you don't know how to communicate what you're feeling, how you're feeling to people. It's okay that you don't know, again, the why you're feeling that way. Like sometimes there's just no reason why we feel a certain way. It's just, it is what it is. Like, I wish I could tell myself that like, hey, you're going to fail a class, but you're going to like, you're going to fail a class. You're going to lose your scholarships. It's going to fucking suck, but you're going to figure it out. You know, like how many of you can like specifically think of if you wrote a note to yourself, like what are those like bullet points that you wish you could go back and tell yourself? Because like, obviously we can't, but when we reflect on what was going on, like we're learning and growing and you guys have heard it before and I fucking love saying it. So my infamous quote is, if you're not learning, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, what's the point of this anyway? And that's something I have to constantly tell myself because the moment we stop learning and growing, life is basically over. That's just like mediocre. Like you're settling and there's always more to learn. Like we can always build our character and truly become the best version of ourselves through personal development and mental health advocacy, advocacy, like I stand for God, it'd be great if I could fucking say it right. (laughs) It's fine. Um, but also again, like we have to learn to take care of the inside of us because otherwise, you know, like we can only get so far physically if we're not taking care of the mental. Um, and like I said before too, like, especially with my girls is like fitness and nutrition is just a band aid if we don't get to the root cause of what's going on, because we're not always going to be motivated. Like I totally understand when some of my girls are like, dude, I'm burnt out. I don't know why I can't get myself to work out. I don't know why I can't get myself to meet my macros. I know I'll feel a hell of a lot better if I do, but sometimes we have to stop and realize like, okay, listening to your body also means, is this you just being lazy? Right. Cause we all have those moments of, oh, I could totally go work out, but I just don't want to. So I'm going to sit on the couch. And then the next morning I feel like a lazy piece of shit and I'm mad at myself. Or is it like you are mentally exhausted? You are physically exhausted and learning to give yourself breaks and give yourself grace and take breaks. Because when I was going through all of this, I felt like, okay, like court, like if you're going to save yourself, if you're going to make sure that you're doing what you need to do, you need to constantly be in the gym like every day. You have to be eating super clean or not eating at all. And again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And looking back and like seeing where I am now, it's like, oh, it's just why I'm so passionate about coaching because it's like, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to go through what I went through. And if I can help someone, you know, learn and grow through a situation like that and learn to trust the process, it's everything. Because there are seasons of life where, okay, our goal is to like lose weight, but because of the stress and the travel and all of these life changes, you know, sometimes I have to tell my girls, I'm like, listen, you're going to eat more because your body needs it. You're going to need to hydrate. You're, you know, maybe you shouldn't be working out as much because you just like physically can't handle it. And sometimes people are like, court, well, I'm not working out and I'm eating more and I, I feel like I'm gaining weight or I don't feel as comfortable in my clothes. Well, you know, that's not ideal for anyone, but it's part of the process because as soon as that stress goes away, it's all going to melt off, right? Because again, you're feeling your body. And I have a couple girls in particular, if they're listening to this, like, hey, <laughs> um, but my point in sharing this is if I didn't push them to get uncomfortable, okay, I'm going to say it again. If I didn't push them to get uncomfortable, there's a good chance their body would have failed them in a way that they would have got sick. They would have been injured. They would have just been so mentally and physically exhausted that they, you know, getting up and showering or 
going to work or doing whatever they are responsible for would feel like too much. And no one, I'm repeating this too, no one wants to feel like that. And there's so much that we can't control, you know, so many unknown variables. But when we take control of our mindset and take control of the little things we know we need to do, and we know what it feels like to feel good, it's going to be that much easier to make sure you keep going with it. All right. So that was kind of a little bit of everything today, but it really was on my heart to be like, okay, like we're coming up on summer. A lot of people are probably like, oh, I see all these posts about like, wear the damn shorts. Or if you see someone who's smaller next to someone bigger, like what does health look like? You know, maybe one's struggling with losing weight, but the other one's struggling with gaining weight. And, you know, it's nice to see these things, but it's different when we kind of unpack it. And I feel like the more that I share what I've gone through because I've been on both extremes and now I finally feel like balanced between the two extremes, um, I definitely feel like sometimes you just need that person to just tell it like it is. And I always want to be that person for my girls, but for anyone else who's listening. So anyway, I hope this gave you exactly what you needed today, regardless of when you're listening. If you're listening live, if you're listening a couple of hours after this is posted, or if months and years down the road, you're taking a listen to this. I hope that you're able to give yourself grace. I hope you're able to reflect upon what would you have told your younger self? You know, If you were saying the things that you're saying to yourself to a friend, would you say it to a friend? Because you probably wouldn't. And again, not to sound hypocritical here because this is exactly what I need to. All right. So you guys know where to find me, Courtney Noel Fit on Instagram, my um, badass community on Facebook. There's links to everything on here. So you're not going to have to like search for anything and be like, Court, I can't find it. Um, but connect with me, message me, text me. I am always available for anything and everything you need. Please never hesitate to feel like you can't reach out or you can't share what's going on because the more that we tell our story, the more control we have and the more empowered we're going to feel. Because for me, it took me years to even be able to talk about what I just shared with you today because I would get so fucking emotional. And for me, I feel like I know when I'm healed, when I can tell a story of adversity and not have a mental breakdown about it and not cry and actually be able to say like, Hey, you know what? This fucking sucked, but here's where I am now. And because of that, this is how I get to help others. Okay. So as always love you guys so much and yeah, peace out. Talk to you guys next time. See ya.